ISACA, the not-for-profit standards organization, has formed a cybersecurity task force to drive IT security research, guidance, and advocacy. Hello, I'm Eric Charo of Information Security Media Group, and I'm pleased to be speaking with the chairman of the task force, Eddie Schwartz. Many of you may remember that RSA tapped Schwartz to be its chief information security officer two years ago, shortly after the IT security provider was victimized in an advanced persistent threat attack targeting its secure ID multi-factor authentication token. Welcome, Eddie. Thanks. Uh, nice to talk to you again, Eric. We'll get to the task force in a moment. First, the cybersecurity landscape today seems more threatening than it did in 2011. How do you see it? I think it's definitely accurate. I mean, if you look just in the time since the breach we had at RSA a couple of years ago, it seems like every time you turn around, there's a company that's announced some sort of issue, right? Whether it's a loss of intellectual property, some major distributed denial of service attack, as we've seen with a lot of the U.S. banks or uh, overseas banks, more and more criminal activity, hacktivist activity, uh, you know, recently insider threat, you know, activity with, uh, you know, insiders stealing uh, top secret information. Really, wherever you look, increases of very damaging and very serious information security and cybersecurity issues. The challenges are high for people who work in this industry. Do you have an understanding why this is happening and why now? I think certainly to a large extent, a lot of this has been happening and, you know, the awareness about it is increasing. So therefore, you know, both media awareness and, and general um, industry awareness has increased. But I also think that what's happened is a lot of key things that we do as uh, humans has shifted from traditional pen and paper environments or, or traditional physical environments to the cyber environment, you know, whether it is, you know, just things we do in our common lives, you know, like read, um, you know, the meters that read our electricity, um, you know, to banking transactions to, unfortunately, espionage and criminal activities. You know, pretty much anything that you could think of that's good or bad in a lot of ways has transitioned, unfortunately, to, uh, you know, cyber. And so the whole buzzword around mobility, cloud, big data, and uh, social media really manifests itself both for good and unfortunately on the side of evil as well. And you just mentioned several new kinds of technologies out there that's making it in some ways easier to use technology to do these various things you're talking about. And we often hear about that companies provide products, services, because it's, it makes it easier for their customers and obviously a way to, for them to make money. And that sometimes security is, is a second thought depending how you look at it. Do you see any kind of change of attitude in that? I do. I think what we are seeing is that with greater awareness of the importance of information technology to our daily lives, you know, the, the critical dependence that we have on, on it for everything. People can't live without their smartphones and, and people uh, know that they are critically dependent on that technology. There's also a lot of questions. I mean, there's questions from consumers about privacy and security. There's questions now that are being elevated to the boards of directors about what is the impact of these advanced uh, attacks and, and criminal groups. So I do think that the game is changing in terms of uh, you know, the emphasis that's being placed on you know, the importance of security and privacy and you know, the need for better frameworks, better education, obviously better technology, better process. That's creating a boon for our industry in a lot of ways, right, if you're a security person, but it's also highlighting a lot of gaps, right, uh, shortages of people, needs for better technology, needs for better uh, frameworks for thinking about security and so on. So I gather that's why this task force has been formed. How will the task force work and what do you hope the task force will achieve? 
The task force was created by ISACA, and you know, ISACA has always been in the business of thinking about trust relative to security of information. Uh, you know, whether it's in the audit space, uh, privacy, governance of uh, information technology, and so on. If you look at a, you know a few things, right? ISACA has always had the COBIT framework, which is framework that's helped us think about control structures. They recently came out with COBIT five. In conjunction with COVID-5, because it's more pertinent to the cybersecurity landscape, they also stepped back and said, how can ISACA start to play a greater role in making a difference from cybersecurity professionals? You know, uh, obviously, ISACA is hugely strong with respect to auditors and, and has a you know, relatively strong following with security practitioners, but they want to be even stronger, right? They want to make a difference in that space. ISACA asked me to chair this task force and help out in organizing a number of really fantastic people that that are joining in here from industry from vendor community from you know from education consultants and so on that that are thinking about what is the role of ISACA relative to creating knowledge creating maybe different frameworks for thinking about certifications and training for how groups uh, whether it's government or education or the private sector can partner together and work together to create better opportunities to advance knowledge and training and certification and, and the spread of you know our career path. It's really great, you know, to be a part of this, but, um, you know, the, the, obviously ISACA has a big voice, and if we can put the right framework together, I think that, you know, uh, we'll make use of ISACA's voice in the industry to get the word out about this. Well, that's a big agenda you just outlined. Do you have priorities? Well, certainly, I think, you know, what we're trying to do first is, is scope the problem, right? I mean, uh, obviously, there are existing uh, ways that people think about uh, education in the security space. There are ways that people think about different skill sets and certifications and and you know the way knowledge is delivered to cybersecurity professionals. Standing back, taking stock of what that looks like, and then saying, where are the gaps today? You know, when we think about the threat landscape and the IT environment and, and you know, all the things we talked about earlier and the where do we project out looking forward? You know, if you think of 2020, for example, and, and, you know, where this would all evolve to, how do we want this to look? You know, how do we want young people coming out of universities to look? How do we want the middle tier of our um, you know, security professionals to look? And, and those of us that are starting to show gray hair, right, you know, or, or have a lot of gray hair in my case, how do we want this all to evolve in terms of how we give back to the people that are coming up underneath us? What are the different skills, the different categories of skills? And how do we also assess that those skills are the right ones and, and that we can trust the fact that people have the skills they need. It's both an assessment process, a gap analysis, and then a strategy for moving forward. When I hear people talk about cybersecurity, it often sounds as though they're talking about the future. You said 2020, and I'm sure it's going to be very important, much more so than we could probably even imagine today. But there are immediate needs and concerns. Is, is this not part of the task force to look into the immediate needs, or is it really more looking more long-term? No, it is. It is, it is precisely. Uh, I think, you know, with any plan that is based on developing people, you have to think about, you know, what are the gaps today, right? And what can happen today in terms of partnerships, in terms of you know, developing content, developing opportunities that, that are immediately effective. You know, keep in mind, right, that if we only think about today, we're not thinking about the generation that's coming up behind us, right? I mean, we have people that are in high school now that, you know, we want to think about how do you influence the curricula in high school? How do you influence what the universities are doing? And as you know, I mean, in the educational system, 
these are not overnight changes. So the things that you're going to do today at the high school and university level, those are going to have impacts, you know, to the graduates of 2018, 2019, 2020, right? So, so you really have to think strategically about where you want to be. What do you want this to look like when you're done here? And that's why it is a combination of things that, that are going to be impactful now in terms of reframing this problem, but also things that are going to uh, be game changers so that um, if you're looking to increase, for example, the workforce by you know, 20% or 30% over the next few years and also add sets of skills that don't exist today, that's not something you can do immediately. That's something that's going to take you years to do the right way. Is there any kind of timetable to issue a report? How are you going to express your ideas? Certainly, the precise timetable of when something will be issued will be up to ISACA to determine. But my peers and I met this past weekend and you know, spent a lot of time on this. And over the course of the summer, we're going to be finishing this work. And you know, we're certainly hoping sometime during Q3 that there will be you know, something released. Again, the, the specific timetable, obviously, is up to ISACA, though, because it is something that's going to come from them. That's a lot of work ahead of you. It is. It is. And, but, you know, again, I think uh, one of the great things about ISACA is that they, uh, you know, they're used to dealing with big problems like this. I think we're at a crossroads here in our industry, you know, where there's a high level of awareness up and down the management stack. There's certainly, as you put it, I mean, uh, you know, things have kind of hit, uh, you know, a, a unique place in terms of where things are in terms of the threat landscape in terms of the need for change. And I think ISACA found the precise, uh, correct timing on this. So I'm really looking forward to see seeing what the outcome is here. I wish you to enjoy your summer. Well, thanks very much. And thanks a lot for your time. I really appreciate it. That's Eddie Schwartz, Chief Information Security Officer at RSA and the Chairman of the new task force at ISACA for Information Security Media Group. I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.